0: Well, let me just give you the context for the passage that we've just heard, and then I'm going to dive into this. So the context is that Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. That was his job. And he'd heard from his brothers and a group of friends, a group of people that had been out and seen that the walls were absolutely ruined in Jerusalem. Nehemiah is absolutely heartbroken. Dave kicked off uh, with the first chapter of Nehemiah, looking at how Nehemiah was just falling to his knees and weeping and crying out to God. A real honest, open prayer. Nehemiah is thinking about all these things and the place where his ancestors are from is just the walls have crumbled down, the gates are broken and burnt. And he's thinking on these things and the king actually notices and they have this conversation. And Nehemiah actually persuades the king, he talks to the king about going out and restoring the walls. And this is where we pick up. This is we pick up where Nehemiah is going out. He's going out to Jerusalem. Let me just pray before we start it. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can look at your word. We thank you for this uh, great story of Nehemiah. We thank you, Lord, for all that we've learned so far. And we pray that you'd speak to us through it, that, Lord God, we would learn from it, that, Father, you would be speaking, that you'd highlight things within it, a response that we can make, Lord Jesus, and take to our current situation just the destruction that we see around us, Lord God. We pray for that. You'd inspire us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's start right at the beginning of the verse that uh, Phil has just read for us. Verse 11. We see right at verse 11, right at the beginning, that he goes out to Jerusalem and he stayed there for three days. He didn't speak to people at that point. But he talks about this thing that God had put in his heart to do. To rebuild the walls. Now that is really key. That is really important. Right at the beginning, it acknowledges that it was God that put this thing in Nehemiah's heart. It wasn't this idea that he just thought of. It wasn't a good thing to do. It wasn't a a fun thing to do. But he felt that God had put this thing in his heart to do. And we're going to come back to that a little later on. But really, the the the, the verses from eleven to seventeen are all about Nehemiah just. Examining the walls, see, Nehemiah had heard about the destruction. He'd heard about the walls that had been ruined and were in ruin, but he hadn't seen it. And verse eleven to seventeen, really, he's just he's living it. He's seen it. He's among it. He's experiencing it. He's examining the walls. He's surveying them. He's doing a survey of what the destruction looks like. Let's just pause at that moment. Just think about the heartbreak that Nehemiah must be feeling at that time. This is the place where his ancestors were. This is a place that he loves. This is a place that he's been praying for and crying out to God for. His heart's been broken once when he heard. Now it's broken a second time as he sees the destruction. He sees the toll on it, what it's taken. You know, the situation that we are in at the moment, this pandemic, I honestly don't think we're going to see the effect it's had on us as people till later on. The toll that it's taken on us. As we think about people losing jobs, as we look and we hear the news, as we think about and look at the the death toll, relationships breaking down and the lockdown, homeschooling, all the stuff that's happening that we have to do. I don't think that actually we'll fully know the extent of it, until later on. And actually, the church and how we respond might look different from what we're responding to at the moment, especially around mental health, as people struggle in the middle of all of this. Nehemiah is in the middle of it. He's looking at it. He's seeing it. He's actually taking stock as he looks at the, the fallen walls and the bricks and the stones. See, in my mind, I imagine him sitting there in the rubble, I imagine him sitting there amongst the stones and the dust and he's looking at them and he's holding the stones and his heart's broken. He's thinking, what a mess we are in. What a mess we are in. I picture Nehemiah in the middle of it. I wonder what breaks your heart at the moment as you hear the news of the pandemic, as you hear stories, as you see breakdown in relationships, as you hear about businesses that are going under, as you see and hear about the struggles that people are experiencing. Yes, there's some amazing things happening and people are flexing and people are being creative in the midst of it all. But let's be honest, as Nehemiah was, it's heartbreaking when we see and we hear this. But I wonder what our response will be to all of that, what God might put in our our hearts to respond to. Looking back at our passage then, uh, verse 17 is another key passage because this really is the response. This is where Nehemiah has gathered his thoughts. He's taken stock. He's been out there. He's heard the news. He's been sent. He's gone. He's, he's, He's been obedient. He's gone into the situation. And now he's going to respond to the situation. He's going to get his hands dirty. He's going to get involved in it. He's mustering the calling that he feels that God has placed on him. He's remembering the support and the backing of the king to go and do it. And verse 17 says this, I told them, I told them, I said to them, you see the trouble that we're in, Jerusalem lies in ruins, its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let's rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. See, Nehemiah is proactive. The first thing he does when he hears bad news is that he prays. Dave looked at that early, didn't he? He says that he was really honest, he was open with his prayer to God, he prayed out. Libby talked about him saying, here I am, I'm going to go, send me. He wants to be obedient, he wants to step into the need here and respond to it. Nehemiah is very practical in this, because he's praying about uh, Jerusalem and being rebuilt, but he's also uh, willing to be the answer to his own prayers. He's getting his hands dirty, he's rolling his sleeves up and he's saying, I'm praying for this, but I'm also practically going to get involved and do this as well. This week, I've been looking at some old photographs, not on my screen, not on my device, but actual photographs that you hold and you look at. And they're photographs that are 20 plus years old. They're photographs of when I was in uh, New York. I was a young intern, uh, interning in New York City. I went out on September the 1st, 2001 and I was there for 10 days before the planes hit the Twin Towers and the World Trade Center collapsed. And I remember hearing the news in our office block in New York. We heard that a plane had hit the World Trade Center. Then we went up onto our roof and we saw the World Trade Center, the towers falling down in the smoke. Some of the photographs, the actual photographs that were taken whilst I was there. But then after hearing and actually seeing, then what we did was we actually went. We went right into the rubble, right into the ruins. And we went down to ground zero. And we were there amongst the stones and the buildings and and the the bricks and all this, the shop windows that were just covered in dust, covered in, in all the debris and the stuff from the buildings, the mess of it all. We saw people sitting down on the floor in distress with all the destruction all around. The first thing we did was pray. We prayed for the place. People began to cry out to God in prayer and worship. The churches ran to Ground Zero. They ran to the place where there was ruin, where there was destruction. They got there. Hands dirty, they rolled their sleeves up. They began to form prayer circles, and the circles would get bigger and bigger and bigger as people began to hold hands and join in in a massive circle and stand in the middle of the mess and cry out to God and to pray. People would light candles and bring candles. The church would hand out water bottles to the emergency services, doing practical things right in the middle of the mess. And then they helped rebuild, they helped rebuild people's lives, rebuild with hope. They helped rebuild the city. And America is in our prayers, especially this week, as well as they they enter a new era, a new chapter. But churches and Christians have always ran to the disaster. They've always ran to rather than run away from. They've always gone into it with hope and with vision and with compassion and with love. Think about the hospitals, think about the schools, think about the charities, the organisations, the response teams. Think about how over time churches and Christians have run in, held hope, shone a light, loved the place that's hurting, stood in the middle of it. Nehemiah's response was to pray for the place. He then went, but he then rebuilt. And as a church here at Ps and G's, we continue to build in the middle of what is a mess. We continue to pray for all that is going on. We continue to support and pray for the NHS and all the people who are beginning to rebuild and try and bring hope to a difficult, horrible situation. We continue to care for creation. We had a care for creation meeting this week to think about in the midst of all this, how do we still care for creation? We continue to feed people on the margins with our Saturday meal within the guidelines and the restrictions and all that we have to work with. We do this safely. We respond. We run a Bible lab so people can work this out and see how scripture fits How does this make how do we make sense of all that's going on? We continue to run alpha for people who are saying, What on earth is going on in the world? Where is God in the midst of all of this? Provide opportunity. We create in the midst of the mess. We've always responded in that way over time. Church Christians always responded to a need with the love and the compassion of God. I wonder what our individual response might be, our unique response might be. It'll be different from everybody. Maybe you're aware of a neighbour that's in need. Maybe you're aware of somebody else in another country or maybe far away from the country that you were brought up in or the country that your parents uh, were from. Maybe you're aware of a certain need and in a very safe way, you can pray, you can care, you can offer a response online, digitally, or whatever that looks like. I wonder what your response can be, could be. This week I was uh, reading a story to uh, my children um, about a cello player, the cellist of (coughs) Sarajevo, during the conflict that was there. And it's a famous story that you'll know, but let me just remind you of it. During all the conflict that was happening in Sarajevo, there was this musician And he was looking out of his window and he was seeing all the destruction, the walls that were crumbling down, the buildings that had been absolutely ruined, the dust that was everywhere, people that were dying. And he was thinking, well, what can I do? What's my response in the middle of all this? So you know what he did? He went and got his suit. He got his best tux, his uh, tuxedo, his suit. He got dressed up and he grabbed his cello and he went right into the middle of the destruction, right into the middle of the rubble, and he began to play. He began to play the cello in the middle of the ruins, in the middle of the rubble. He began to play. And you know, he played for 22 days. 22 days, one day for every person that he saw die in a queue, queuing up for bread. 22 people died. So he was there 22 days playing a song of hope in the middle of the destruction, in the middle of the rubble. So I wonder what our unique response might be. My hope, my prayer is that as we, we cry out to God in the middle of all of this, that we say to God, God, what is on your heart? What, what would you love me to do that's safe and, and that's, and that's um, a great response, a godly response, a wise response in the middle of all this? What could that look like? Well, something for me that's been on my heart is uh, we've been uh, reading about the creative industry, people who um, are maybe in theatre and the like, And how they've really struggled. Obviously, we're not being able to gather and and do theatre and sit together. But how that industry is really struggling. My wife, Kate and I have a background in in art. And our heart's just like, oh Lord, what could that look like? How can we respond? So we're going to be looking at putting on something for the creatives, for the people who are in that industry. And and just a a night where we can come together and gather online digitally and just, just pray and support and network and care for each other. A simple response, but maybe a practical response in the middle of all that is going on. We're doing our bit, doing our bit where we can. So returning to our passage then, let's look at verse 18, because verse 18 is also key as well. This is where Nehemiah has a strong conviction, where he goes and he tells them. He's gathered his thoughts, he's seen for himself. He knows what's in his heart. He's got the backing and the support of the king and all the resources. And now he's moving in. Now he's beginning to tell them what he's going to do. This is the plan. This is what we're going to do. He says this, that the hand of God is on me. He's able to say that. He's gathered all them thoughts together and he's concluded that the hand of God is on him. Verse 12 that said, God had put this in my heart. He put me in my heart to do for Jerusalem. But then verse 18, he almost builds on that. And he said, I also told them about the gracious hand of God that is on me. So he's doing this with God and in God's strength. We know, don't we, that the court of arms in Edinburgh, of it says this, that without the Lord, there's frustration. If we try to build something without God, we build in vain. Nehemiah knows he has a strong sense that God's put this on his heart and in his heart. And he's had it confirmed by the king who said, go for it. I'll give you my letters that that, that protect you. I'll give you my resources. I'll give you all that you need to go and do this and to do it well. And now Nehemiah's talking to the people and saying, look, this is what God's put in my heart. We've got the support, the backing of the king. Let's do this. Let's begin to rebuild. It's going to take time, and this is really the start of it. This passage that we've read out is the start. It's the beginning stages of rebuilding. But rebuilding is going to be hard. It's going to be hard for, for churches. It's going to be hard for businesses. It's going to be hard for organizations. As they think about how do we re-enter and, and, and go into this in, in a strong way, in a, in a better way maybe, having learnt loads of stuff, how do we do it? It's going to be hard to rebuild. It was hard for Nehemiah as he began to rebuild. He was faced with all kinds of opposition. Verse 19 says this, they mocked him. They said, what are you doing, they asked. Nehemiah faced mocking and and abuse. People coming up against him saying, what on earth are you doing? Verse 19 tells us really that Nehemiah was battling And building at the same time. He didn't stop but he continued with the building in the midst of all that was going on. A couple of chapters later that we'll come to we actually see that Nehemiah and the guys that were building they had to arm up. They had swords on their side and actually some of the people that were building they had a sword in one hand and a tool in the other hand. They were building and battling at the same time. For us, maybe we're battling with financial strain, depression, loneliness, hopelessness, despair, grief. There's homeschooling, there's loss of work. There's all kinds of stuff that we might be battling, but let's keep building. In the midst of it all, let's keep working with God, in God's strength. Let's keep moving forward the best way we can and in a safe way as we look around and we see opportunities to build And rebuild in the midst of all that is going on with vision and knowing that God is with us knowing that God uh, is in the business of rebuilding because God is making all things new let me just pray just invite you just wherever you are just to find a space where you can just focus on all that has been said Maybe you find yourself in that situation where you feel like, Lord, I'm really battling. There's so much going on at the moment and I don't know how to respond. Lord, would you just inspire us? Lord, teach us how to pray. Pray like Nehemiah did. Respond like Nehemiah did. To build however we can or whatever that looks like, Lord Jesus, but with you, Lord God, and with the support and the backing of others. Come, Lord Jesus. Just open our eyes now to see opportunities, Lord God. People that we might need to reach out to, pick up a phone to, respond to, send an email to, or something, Lord God, that would build hope in their lives. Help us, Lord Jesus. Amen.